Welcome aboard the AdoTat Show, where marketing, media, and ad tech converge. Fasten your seatbelts as your host, Hisat Latin steers you through the digital world of advertising trends and marketing innovation. Deserve to win when it matters most. Facing multi-billion dollar bet the company litigation. No problem. That's why we're here. Troutman Amin, LLP, is a true legal powerhouse. All right, everyone, let's get ready for a roller coaster ride of wit and wisdom on the Adota Show. We're about to introduce some of the brightest minds in the ad tech world, each a master in blending digital innovation with environmental consciousness. Let's meet our panel of EcoSavvy trailblazers. First, we have Andy back in the Digital Dymo, CEO of Duration Media, and the man who saw tomorrow's internet today. He's the brains behind turning Yahoo into more than a catchy name. Andy is the guy who's been making waves in the digital seas long before most of us knew how to surf the web. He's here to show us how green can be the new gold in the digital realm. Next, we welcome our returning champion, Shiv Gupta, the guru of the digital domain. He's not just teaching the future of digital marketing, he's writing it. With a track record that turns heads and open minds, Shiv brings the ins kind of insight into the table that turns complex tech talk into digital enlightenment. He's the Yoda of ad tech, and he's here to school us all. Step aside, Eco Warriors, and make way for David Mernick, the North American GM and Global Partnership Wizard at 551 to Carbon Zero, broadcasting his green genius straight from the heart of New York City. David is the go-to girl for companies looking to paint their carbon footprints in green. Next is Ben Skinazi, the maestro of programmatic advertising. As the CMO of Share Through, he's painting the digital world in shades of sustainable green. With over a decade in the digital media galaxy, Ben Wa, or Ben, sorry, is the guy turning clicks into eco-friendly currency. Watch out, he might just make you a believer in green pixels. Give it up for Jean-Marc Papin, the data virtuoso steering the ship at Horizon Media. Jean-Marc does not just work with data, he makes it a dance. He's on a quest to morph the ad universe into an eco-friendly oasis, one smart data point at a time. Last but definitely not least is the one and only Brian O'Kelly, the titan of tech. If ad tech had a Hall of Fame, Brian's bust would be in the entrance of it. The mastermind behind Scope 3, he's turning the ad world green one carbon footprint at a time. He's not just talking about a sustainable future, he's building it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our lineup for today's Oda Roundtable. Prepare for a deep dive into the world where cutting-edge technology meets masterful environmental mindness. First of all, issue number one, Brian. It's estimated the internet contributes to about two to three percent of global greenhouse emissions. How big is that? Global greenhouse emissions, fifty gigatons a year. Uh, if you break that down, about twenty percent of that is energy use. The vast majority of energy use goes to things like industrial production and heating houses. Uh, if you look at the internet or, or tech in general, it's about two to four percent of the overall footprint. And I think the, there's a recent report by Microsoft that said that AI is now using 1% of the world's electricity on its own. And Microsoft is considering building nuclear reactors to keep up with the growth of AI. And so if you consider that so much of this digital technology is funded by advertising, I think it's reasonable to say that advertising has direct or indirect responsibility for some small portion of the world's emissions, 
um, certainly not like agriculture or uh, global air transit, but uh, certainly tens of millions of metric tons. And I think the most interesting point is we can reduce that significantly very quickly without harming anyone. There's a ton of waste that we can go address. So uh, maybe I would add something here to, to Brian, and, and I think this is extremely interesting to say how much we are producing. I mean, our, how much processing we need to power, to power everything we process every day, right? AI. We have. Not, we will talk at some point about Web three um, and metaverse, which is also extremely high demanding in carbon. And I think there is, and, and maybe I will open a debate here, which I. Not my intention, but there is there are like two factors uh, which generate uh, carbon dioxide. Right, we have like the, the use of electricity, but also building the servers. Actually, building the servers, which are called, I mean, which are behind everything, is way higher. I mean, it's substantially higher than I mean, building uh, the, the electricity consumption. Right. So there is a whole supply chain which happened, like physical supply chain. To build that infrastructure, which makes this possible, so it's 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 really interesting how that kind of a changing of a, the realities, right, between a physical supply chain, which maybe in the past was more like roads, trucks, and let's say warehouses, right, to a more digital supply chain, which is like server, cables, and and everything which is around it. So I think that's more technical view of it. Uh, but it's, it's interesting to see how the world is also evolving in, in that direction. And, and yeah, probably that's also a way to address the, the, the problem here. Sure, I'm curious, outside of um, the eco-warriors here, for lack of a better term, um, how is the industry viewing this? Is there Are they considering this as actually a badge of honor? Um, you know, my perception is that uh, a lot of folks right now are, um, they're, they're thinking and they're talking about it, uh, as a, almost like a, Hey, we got to do this from a PR perspective. We got to do this, um, because it aligns to the, you know, the pillars of the company that they've publicly announced. I don't th think people have quite recognized the performance kind of aspect of it. The actual, like the, the dollars align with the, the cause. Uh, aspect of it. I think that's, that's most folks like on the ground. And so I think there still needs to be a lot of like education and, um, you know, people, people need to understand that it's not just about checking a box, right? Like my sense is still people feel that it's a box checking exercise. So that's, that's something that we as an industry have to work on. Um, because it's not right. And I think again, uh, everyone's going to keep going back to Brian on this, but like, I think Brian speaks to it really articulately of like, Hey, it's, it's more than that. It's bigger than that. It's, it's actually like the dollars aligned to the cause. So I, th I think there's work to be done. Andy mentioned uh, before we started that at CES, besides AI, it was sustainability was the number two topic that everyone was talking about. Was it in regards to the ad industry or in general tech, Andy? Uh, I think the, the, the brands are really, you know, driving this. I mean, look, you know, our focus is digital media and, you know, being at the cosmopolitan area that's, you know, we sort of taken over those two hotels. So the conversation is really focused on digital, um, and digital media. And, and really the brands are driving this. <clears throat> They're going to their agencies and saying, we really need to start reducing, uh, our carbon footprint in, in digital. 
um, among others, right? You know, as I mentioned, the reason I punted, you know, the first question to Brian is that he's done so much, you know, work uh, in in the measurement side of this, you know. So um, I th I think that it's 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 imperative to us to really come up with solutions that that you know remove the data waste. I mean, there's so many aspects to this: scope one, scope two, scope three, but you know, for us, um, we can actually do things today that actually reduce uh, the bid requests, the the multiple bid requests, and 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 uh, waste that occurs there that that actually uh, can have an effect today. Um, you know, one of the big things that they talked about though was measurement. You know, how how are we actually going to quantify uh, the amount of carbon that we're reducing? And from uh, what we hear in the discussions around CES, and there was a Digiday article last week, uh, that GARM is going to be coming out with standards, you know, for, for measuring. Um, brands really need this because if it, they can't be accused of greenwashing. So we have to actually come up with solutions that uh, are bona fide uh, measurement of the actual reduction. How much is data the problem? Just excessive amounts of data. Is in in creating uh, carbon emissions. You mentioned data, so that's why I bring it up. Well, the yeah, you know, the bid requests are you know the you, you know, Jounce Media says you've got on average one hundred thirty five bid requests, um, uh, which equates to you know publishers being connected to twenty seven uh, uh, SSPs who are connected to twenty DSPs. Um, you know, only twenty five percent. Uh, then provide bids. You're talking 135 bid requests times trillions of impressions. Uh, per so, impression, each impression does that many bid requests. That's correct. So that's a lot. I, so you know what what we're focused on at Duration Media is you know providing uh, opportunities to uh, to uh, advertisers where they know that they can bid on a viewable impression that's uh, let's call it green er. Uh, so that you know, we bring the bid request you know down to one or two or three. Uh, we can take a lot of the data waste uh, out of the uh, ecosystem. Hey, Pasak, uh, uh, if you don't mind, I have a quick question for the smart smart folks on this panel, real quick. Um, oh, please. Do you, do you all feel like um, signal loss will reduce data wastage and like reduce the carbon footprint of the industry? Reducing data waste. Yeah, does 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 signal is signal loss going to help? Signal loss. Sorry, is signal loss going to help reduce data wastage? Talking about like cookies going away or first party data. Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Like, is, is our cookies being deprecated? Like, if there's less kind of data to collect and capture, less data is being proliferated ac across the space using traditional signals like cookies and mobile device IDs. Is that going to help the data wastage problem? I'm definitely curious how much um, greenhouse gases cookies produce. So just one, one reaction to that, Shiv, and I don't know the answer, exactly, right? But what I what I can tell and and losing cookies does to me does not have an impact, to be honest, uh, because we when the cookies would start deprecating, we would use other things. The way you offset the loss of cookies in, the, in our media operations is by more data, first-party data, 
that you are getting in, more modeling and processing and AI. So actually losing cookies will be actually will be demand will be a demand for more services which are more sophisticated, will help us to inform better our strategies, our campaign strategy, inform better the measurements. Um, but yeah, at the cost of having like more sophisticated ecosystems. So this is a little bit the, the equation we have to solve now, right? Is how this is being more sophisticated, how we can do it more, I mean, nimbler and better, I mean, and function and function better operationally. And I always back to the, the, the physical supply chain. And, and I mean, Brian has given that example tons of times. I would try to, to make it, to make it mine for a second is if you think about in the sixties, the retail stores at the Walmart and the Target of the world. What those guys did is they cut the supply chain, right? They cut many intermediaries in the chain. So for to deliver the same product to the store, you will have less less intermediary, less less trucks, less warehouses, less people in it. So that would be the product cheaper and faster and better quality. So that's going to be the same we have to do here, as we have like more infrastructures, more offer, more types of media. I mean, today we have like influencers, like podcasts. We have all kind of social media. Anyway, you have like all kind of CTV, etc. So the the really the the offer we have in terms of media, like when even ten years ago, with most of the media was linear TV, right? So it's it's a big big change. So as we have like way more, we have like to think about doing way west in a way smarter way. Um, I think that's. That's where the, the data is coming from. And this is, this is a little bit where, where, where I think we, we have to work on. I mean, in our case, in, in most agencies like, like, like us, that's what we try to do. I right? simplify as much as we can in our, our business process. Otherwise, with not, with, without this, that's very difficult to have a change. And that's very difficult to change. But at the same time, this change is coming very fast because the demand is changing very fast. That's a way you, you that's redefine your whole strategy in terms of the way, the type you hire, the type of hire, the talents you hire, right? We have like really different hiring, like different type of people, the type of investment we do in technology and also the way we interact and the way we measure success with our clients. That's also, that's been a big changes in the last, I would say, in the last five years. So that's a little bit in a place where we are changing. I want to say we know where we go. We have an idea, but it's a little bit where we still have to be refined and we continue tracking against, against this new, let's say, operating model. That's a little bit of way I see it, a little bit abstract, but. According to an article written in 2022, cookies produce approximately 11,000 metric tons of carbon dioxide per month. I don't know if the other ways to create signals will be any better. Because cookies are a fairly simple thing. It's, it's, a, it's a little bit of code in your browser, and it connects to it, and it says there's the cookie. I don't know if some of the other uh, methods are any better, except maybe contextual. So who's leading the green revolution in ad tech, and who's just blowing smoke? Anyone? Uh, that's a tough one, because I don't think there is one leader uh, and one, uh, you know, one person or one company leading uh, Green in ad tech, uh, it's a combination of, uh, of many players, of course, and, uh, and, and the contribution of each one of them makes, uh, makes the, com the, the industry, uh, get better, uh, basically. And so that's, that's the tricky part as well, because everybody understood that. So that's why you're seeing some, uh, I don't know, some companies, you know, claiming to be green just because they are signing partnerships with others and stuff like that need to be, um, 
need to be uh, careful and uh, and differentiate uh, the the right players from I don't want to say the wrong one, but maybe and uh, and so because it's some kind some somehow a race to the green has started, which is not the the the, the maybe not the best way to, uh, to 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 proceed. But yeah, so I don't see one leader specifically, but you can see companies, you know, and uh, and of course, COP3 uh, started a lot of things uh, in terms of just bringing the topic of uh, sustainability within ad tech. And from there, uh, and so education started, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and you got like uh, companies and I'm, you know, I'm considering ourselves as part of the movement. Uh, I would not say we're leading the movement. I'm, I'm considering ourselves as part of it and trying to, uh, to make things change. And, uh, and around the, you know, on that screen, on my screen, I, I see other companies trying to do the same thing. So, um, I don't know if someone disagree with me and think there there is one or a few leaders, but uh, that's the way I see it. You know, I heard the the term collaborative uh, uh, competition. You know, is that um, you know we're all uh, seeing this as a real problem and developing uh, solutions. And we're we're an ad tech software company. Uh, we saw twenty months ago uh, that this was an issue and. Uh, you know, I always say, you know, we, we're thankful to Scope 3 for, you know, creating the awareness of this because there have been so many sectors uh, and players. Uh, and I, I think the agencies have really done a great job of, of uh, promoting uh, and pushing uh, the industry to come up with solutions. Uh, so I think that, you know, they really need to you know, get some credit for being, you know, a part of the, the leaders in this industry. Um, there's no doubt, you know, a year from now, um, you know, with standards and measurement that things are going to, you know, progress even further. Um, and if you talk to the publishers, you know, they'll, they'll tell you that the amount of RFIs or RFPs that they're receiving, you know, from agencies requesting, you know, what their green initiatives are, uh, you know, it's more and more, you know, every, every day, every week. Uh, so I think it's, it's been wonderful to see how, uh, all of these uh, disparate companies uh, are trying to develop uh, solutions and standards and practices, you know, to uh, to uh, to move the industry forward. I think so just to go ahead. Sorry, no. To to add on to to Ben and Andy, you know, agree completely. And uh, um, a couple more, you know, thoughts I think fit in there. Right. You know, first and foremost, you know. Uh, Tip of the hat as well to, to Brian for, for being one of the first out of the gate to, to drive the awareness and education. And um, as someone said earlier, the, the actual measurement, right? Right. You can't, you know, fix something to, you know, you know, what the problem is. I think in our industry, um, you know, a couple of, you know, categories in scope three are a huge component of, uh, uh, of you know, greenhouse gases and carbon um, that the industry is trying to fix. I, I think in addition to that, you know, and I, um, uh, I think you know, the question was, you know, who's doing it right or, or you know, how do you tell? Um, it's a different conversation with companies when they have, you know, uh, I'll say last person standing answering the phone uh, to address carbon measurement versus companies that have a dedicated product lead or a dedicated ESG lead or somebody that is a true champion that it's it's either their full time job or a big portion of, the, of their role. Um, you know, educating themselves, representing the company on you know uh, events or industry boards, and, and uh, trying to drive change in terms of standards. Um, and really understanding what, you know, true, 
change is. Um, so I think more, you know, more companies that are having dedicated leads, um, you know, are, are showing their commitment and uh, as well as companies that are, uh, are, are both answering branded agency requests or just being proactive and looking at their entire corporate footprint, not just their, you know, the scope three emissions and, uh, and being transparent about it, right? And and uh, and and you know, admitting or or sharing, you know, kind of where they are, where they come from, and where they're looking to go, uh, and working with third parties, you know, to get you know independently certified on that journey as well. I, I think you know, companies that have you know dedicated lead uh, or or team um, that are looking at their entire corporate footprint and are actually um, leaning forward in the industry are are the ones that are driving change. I think we've almost made it clear that probably the biggest issue is the supply chain. That it is crazy. Is it's basically a Rube Goldberg uh, machine on steroids. It is. We, we've we've ta I've talked about this many times before, but obviously in this context, it's it's um, it's not just wasting money. It's burning emissions. So, what's the game plan for tidying up the digital and supply chain? What do we need to do? Start with Brian. Well, I mean, I think the bottom line is that the whole industry very simply follows the money and brands and agencies really have the, the capability today to shift spend to higher quality supply and to shorter supply chains. It's just a matter of deciding it matters. And I think the, the case that it's wasteful from a planetary perspective is a, is a very obvious one to all of us as people. Um, this is something that's not even about like emissions. You're talking about in West London, they can't build new housing. There's a housing crisis because there's not enough electricity in that neighborhood to build houses because that's where all of these data centers are. Um, so to me, it's a, it's a humanitarian conversation, but let's be realistic. Like it, that may not resonate. So let's just talk about money. A third to half of the money that is being spent in programmatic advertising is wasted. and I think we have an obligation to remind brands, agencies, advertisers that this is something that they need to do to protect us from bad action today, but more importantly, from what's happening with AI. Generative AI is driving a huge proliferation of deep fakes, of questionable content, of, of brand safety risk, of manipulative content. Mm -hmm. um, you may have heard about a presidential election coming up in the US. Uh, you know, I do not want to hear that this was the election that AI won or lost, depending on your particular political views. Um, and it all comes back to how does ad tech decide to spend money? Uh, and is it going to go to real quality content, however you define that? Or is it going to go get lost in some supply chains and spent in a bunch of, of, of crap inventory that we can't seem to agree on whether it's made for advertising or just pure crap? So um, I, I would resist programmatic solutions, like trying to solve technology problems with more technology. And I would focus on simple, like good advertising and responsible marketing approaches to how do we spend money effectively? Uh, and I think the signal loss question, my biggest concern with signal loss is we already can't measure. Now we're taking away the ability to, to do post view, you know, attribution, which I don't think ever worked. Uh, but mm -hmm. if you get rid of post view and you get rid of retargeting, how does this industry tell its stories about how this crap is working? Like maybe this actually helps us get back to the basics of putting the right message on the right medium at the right moment for the right person and forgetting all this fancy tech bullshit that let us spend money willy nilly because we were following a cookie around. 
I mean, if my four-year-old follows a cookie around the house, I mean, aren't we smarter than my four-year-old? Okay, I'll get off my high horse now. <laughs> so so, so I, I promised myself on, before this call that no matter what is said, I would not disagree with Brian on anything. Um, but just to slightly disagree, and, and again, I'm surprised he, he, he said this, but I, I think the tech... You can't sleep on the technology solution, and I'm and and I'm not speaking of anyone in particular, only because we're in the situation we're in because it was easy to do, right? You know, it's easy to buy a thousand websites with a click of a mouse. It's easy to add six data partners with a click of a mouse. Brands and agencies, right, can't do hard very very well because they don't have the bandwidth, they don't have the staff, they don't have the training, there's turnover, etc. So I think there's there is some you know positivity to a, a tech solution. To make it easy for them to do the right thing, otherwise it's so it's so much easier to do the wrong thing or continue doing the wrong thing. So um, making that data, whatever you know, uh, expose the data, make it measurable, um, build it into tools or, or, or complement tools that they're they're using. Um, I, I think will will drive things faster than you know just trying to be responsible. If you ask any CMO or you ask any brand person, you know. Do you want to do the right thing or is this the right thing? Do you want to be, everyone will say yes and they mean it. But seven steps removed when it comes to the, you know, the campaign person setting something up, if it's, if they don't know how to do it or it's not very easy, they're just going to do what they did yesterday. And, uh, you know, cause they have, they're already late and have to get something out the door. So, you know, I, I think some of the work that, you know, folks on this call and, and, and others have, have done to try to expose the data and, and create solutions and, uh, you know, make, make it easier, I, I, I think is, is very important. It is, uh, but I do agree. You you get like a massive uh, portion of programmatic spend that goes to uh, bad inventory or uh, also called MFS sites uh, goes to reselling, and uh, the challenge goes as well because well, it's a it's a it's a really complex ecosystem. You agencies work, you know, create partnerships with, of course. Uh, uh, SSPs that have the larger scale. So in order to get the larger scale, well, you resell inventory or you buy, or you buy resold inventory as well. So it's a, it's an entire system that needs to be reviewed. I like the fact that sustainability accelerates, uh, all the SPO conversations, the supply pass optimization uh, conversation. And that's a good thing because it brings back something that is a, uh, Quite important if we want to focus on directness, optimize the supply path. And as a, a few of us said, uh, it comes a lot from the media buyers, uh, whether the brands direct or the agencies that have the power to influence the entire ecosystem to do things right. Uh, so if agencies and brands start to focus on direct path and quality inventory would be better uh, in terms of sustainability. But if you forget about sustainability, we should still do it no matter what. Uh, mm -hmm. Having a shorter supply pass, more direct supply pass, increase performance. At the end of the day, marketers are looking to generate performance for their, with their ad campaigns. And you remove intermediates, you get better control of your media spend, you get better performance at the end of the day. So everything is tied together in a way. Yeah, I think the focus, you know, um, on the supply path has really been on curating buying paths. And that's established a number of inclusion lists. So agencies 
um, have these lists. Um, you know, our focus, and I, I just do disagree with Brian about the tech side because we, we have created very unique tech that enables us to measure if an ad is viewable in real time. And we can uh, create, excuse me, <clears throat> we can curate um, a viewable green uh, impression that can be bought either sold directly or through a, a, a viewable green PMP. Um, so it, I think it's, it, it's a great start to curate the buying pass and to uh, remove MFA and do uh, a lot of those things. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's also important to help uh, the buyers understand the impressions that they should be buying in the sites that they want to buy. Um, and that's really where we're focused in helping uh, uh, buyers go to the, 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 the publishers that are in their inclusion list and supply them with the technology to enable those buyers to identify that valuable inventory. So I just want reacting just to this. I think I'm the only one from any agency here, right? It's, it's always kind of a chicken and egg situation where you have to evaluate what's short term and long term, right? I think Ben explanation is very, is very good because it, it, it's not something which is a technology or anything. It's about we change the way we do business. And we think about this is our programmatic team, for example, at Horizon now work directly with supply side platform that it was not existing before. So that's just a way that those people are just changing the way they are performing their job every day. It means they change their performance metrics. So the way they have to be trained, the way they just like even like use their different systems. So that's kind of a long-term thing. So that ha that has to to play, and to to work on this, to invest on this, it has to be. And I think I mean Brian said earlier where the, to follow the money, right? It has to go with an incentive, a money incentive. Like doing SPO, in our case, I think at Horizon, I don't remember the business case. I mean there is an official business case inside the company. I think it reduces our cost with five to ten percent. So it's not a green media stuff. It's really something which is. A clear business outcome, a clear quantitative business outcome. So that's one thing. This is more the long term. In the short term, it's very difficult and not tied to long term. It's very difficult to motivate people to change the way they do business because they want to work nine to five. They want to deliver value for their, their clients like tomorrow morning, like every day. So you also have to engage your clients. And that's a way you connect the dot. If you don't engage your whole ecosystem this way, People will not change and we continue to operate the same way. Even if they attend meetings and we talk about it and find it great, like, yes, but I don't want to give up on, on my results if I don't have like the backup of a client or my management, right? So that's, that's very difficult. Even if you have the technology and everything, that's why, I mean, Andy, I think I like your point is the technology also has to bring you something that you can demonstrate. Yeah, I did it two days this way and I will show you the result tomorrow, not in six months. And that's, that's playing between that, that dichotomy between the long term and short term. It's, it's, it's very difficult because it's why actually makes you transforming your business, at least from the buying side, right? Because people are very tactical. They have to buy billions and billions of dollars every year. So speaking of following the money, can we actually show that investing in a greener supply chain actually pays off at this point? Or do we have to wait five years to see, it, to see the results? Anyone? Are we talking about the results in terms of performance for marketers or what do you... 
Money, as you said, we, we, people want to follow the money. They want to, they want to make green, not just be green. Are we, well, I, can we actually say that this is, at, we can show results and say this is actually making um, the supply chain more cost efficient? I can tell from my experience when we, uh, when we launched uh, our first green media product uh, one and a half year ago, uh, first I was thinking honestly that <clears throat> buyers would jump on that opportunity to start spending uh, on, a, on, a, on a greener supply path, and, uh, which wasn't the case immediately because education was really important and, uh, and the market was not really educated yet and there is still some education to be made, made of course. Uh, but in terms of uh, what it did for us, uh, it opened new doors in terms of business opportunities. So uh, by helping uh, brands and agencies uh, spending their advertising budget in a greener way, uh, I would call it like that, it opened new doors, new uh, way. We, so we generated more business by doing that. And, and they, they, they saw the results from it because by targeting those, uh, those green PMPs and low emission PMPs, we were able and we are able to increase the performance of the campaigns because of the greener supply path as well. So, uh, which means more direct, focusing on quality inventory, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a, I, I really see that as a win-win situation where us as a company, while we generate more revenue, uh, we're doing the, while doing the, the, the right things or at least trying to do the right things, I would say. And, advertisers get better performance at the end of the day so so you answer to your questions would be yes then so, so how are carbon conscious go ahead yeah i just would add something which is not as technical as benoit said is for us and, and i mean i think with pretty much everyone in the call here uh we have those conversation it's also we call that the cost of doing business or license to operate i mean it's not only the fact that you will better, you will have a better return on that spend by having green media campaign. It's also the cost of us, for us, for an agency like us, to keep the clients and yeah. to make them happy. Because our clients wants, are asking us to have like better practices. So it's about retaining our clients, making them happier, but also uh, um, acquiring new clients. And it's, it, it has to be in our, in our pitches. So again, it's, it's a whole transformation, not only of what we do, but how we do and how we operate our business. Mm -hmm. And that's also one of the metrics which have to be included in the equation. Although, because just, if you just focus on the operations itself, it, it has to be driven by ex very quantitative, objective results, which you will not see always. You will see in some cases. And the even worse is many times is the results we, we observe is buying less media, which is against what we do, right? So it, it has to be, it has to show other things that we generate new revenue streams and growth with our clients in other ways. Yeah, so our, are the carbon our, conscious campaign? Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, you know, like, like Ben, our, you know, we're, we're driven by what clients are looking for. And, you know, in addition to, lowering uh the carbon emissions which in some cases um you know clients will say to us these are the business requirements we have and oh yeah if i reduce carbon yeah that's okay right but you know for us we're 
we lower the eCPM, we increase time in view and viewability scores, we give them a higher uh, click-through rate and actually lower the cost of click uh, their clicks while they're reducing their carbon. So, you know, th these kinds of solutions, you know, uh, are really what what the clients are looking for is, you know, put, again, put aside the carbon for a second. Those are business um, uh, goals or KPIs that they have that that uh, being green can actually produce. Everyone else, have you seen that the uh, carbon conscious campaigns actually perform better? I can give some some data. So we've run many of these. We've done. I don't know, 30, 40, 50 brand specific pilot campaigns over the past 15 months. Um, some with agency partners, some direct with the brand. Uh, and I would say that there's, there's probably two categories. There's brands that were already pretty green <laughs> by accident. So they were, they were tightly targeted, were optimizing well, um, were thoughtful about their media. And what we see is that there's not a huge change in, in performance. And what we're talking about, most of what we're talking about here is hygiene. We're talking about making your creative mm -hmm. smaller. We're talking about cleaning up your supply chain and not buying a bunch of crap. Um, but there's a shocking number of brands who just don't have good media hygiene in the first place. And there's a lot of reasons for that, uh, which I think we all know how bad it is. If you saw the ANA transparency report that came out recently, um, <laughs> you know, we can say that there's, you know, data and technology and all these things, but it's 2024 and we're still having a really hard time running programmatic campaigns effectively. We can talk about all the economic reasons that's the case. So I have been shocked a couple of times by things that should work that haven't. Um, and I, I think the problem is metrics. So for instance, viewability tends to be very good on a bunch of crappy sites. Because, mm -hmm. you know, bad actors are smart. They're like, I have 42 ads that you can look at. Um, and that's one of my concerns is when we say, well, I made it perform better because I drove clicks or I drove views. At the end of the day, ROAS is what matters. And what matters when you buy Facebook, you get a 5x return on ad spend. You buy YouTube, you get a 5x return on ad spend. You go buy a bunch of programmatic and you get a negative return on ad spend. And honestly, it doesn't really matter why. If you're a CMO, you're just like, I'm not doing it. I'm pulling my spend. The number of big brands we've talked to who don't buy programmatic is terrifying if you're in this programmatic industry. Or it's incredibly exciting if you realize how much dry powder marketers have to go reinvest in the open web, we could just clean it up. And so I think what I've been seeing over the past year is both a mix of, of horror at how bad this is in some cases and deep optimism that there's a better future out there. Um, it's a greener future. It's a more transparent future. It's a more privacy-centric future. But the reality is, if it's not a more performant future, we ain't getting there. And so I think that, to me, is the most important thing we come back to at Scope 3, is we have to be granular with our measures so that we can find those opportunities. If we just have a single average, there's folks out there like, I'm going to give you a single carbon impact score for your whole company. Well, how the heck do you optimize that? You know, we know that if you're on Snap and you use the fancy, you know, sponsored lens where you get cat ears, there's a dramatically different carbon footprint than if you're streaming a 67 video. And, and we need to know that as marketers. What is the difference of skippable and non-skippable on YouTube? I have to know that because that has a big financial impact, has a big carbon impact, and has a big performance impact. That's the kind of conversation we have to have if we're going to solve the problem 
which I'm calling a carbon problem, but it's really a performance and an outcomes problem. And when you see things like Pmax and Google's deploying, you know, the world's best AI to drive marketing outcomes, it's because they don't think that people using all their tools to, to target are as good as their AIs at driving performance because they know performance drives spend. So anything we talk about here is we have to make the open web more performant so we can get more money. And the only way to do that is to reduce waste and stop doing all these crazy things, which we're calling a sustainability problem in the environmental context, but it's also a sustainability problem in the sense of, does this industry exist in five or 10 years, or is it overrun by people who don't get stuck in all of these sort of hacky ways of solving these problems and just say, let my AI do it for you? Because that's where, that's where the market's going, other than all of us, you know, old school ad tech dinosaurs. So, and I, I totally agree, David, that, and, and Andy, like, I get as an ad tech person, like me saying technology can't solve these problems is, you know, somewhat <laughs> hypocritical and kind of terrifying. But, it, but I also think that we, we get stuck in the idea that if there's just one more button or one more data or one more cool ad format, that would make it all work. And I just worry that that's an cool. arms race with the biggest technology companies in the world. Amazon has a larger R&D budget than France. I mean, all of the companies in France. And we can't compete in an arms race with these companies. We have to compete on things that we can actually control. And we can control how we actually show up and the stories we tell and how we educate and how we actually change the way we all operate because we are some of the most influential people in this industry or we wouldn't be on this podcast. How do we use our influence to make a better outcome, not just for us, but for the billions of people who use the internet every day and don't want it to be a big tech AI controlled internet. I'll put myself in that camp. I think that's the opportunity and it's the risk if we fail. That raises a good question. How do we embed sustainability into people's core, into a company's core values beyond just a PR stuff? Is it just more of these discussions? No, I think, I think, you know, what I mentioned earlier about having like a dedicated, um, uh, educated, you know, responsible person that looks at, you know, sustainability or ESG, whether it's, you know, in the media, in the media um, campaign space or the entire corporate, you know, space. Um, I think from a, a leadership executive standpoint, again, both in and out of the, uh, the digital industry, um, providing incentives, bonuses, you know, compensation around, you know, reductions and, and savings and, and efficiencies, uh, you know, I think is a, um, a possible or one way of motivating or, or holding folks accountable. Um, as well. And, you know, we've said it, I think each, each one of us has said it, the education, right? Continuing the education, you know, the, the, the standards, the, the evangelizing the benefits, you know, of, of doing the right thing or, uh, um, or measuring, you know, measuring the right output to be able to get your results in the, in the ROAS that Brian mentioned. Um, I, I think continuing down that path, um, you know, will help move, you know, the needle more and more each day. Uh, on our end, uh, Sustainability is part of our company OKRs. And, uh, and the reason we, we include it and we don't have like tons of OKRs, like we have three main OKRs. So which shows that it's a, it's a real priority. And, and the reason why we did that is also to, uh, include our employees in the process. And, uh, and, uh, yes, you could have like a chief sustainability officer. Which makes you look good on LinkedIn, you know, and, uh, and, and, and from a PR standpoint, 
uh, and it's important for large organizations. We're not a large organization, so there is a difference there. Uh, but really for us, educating our employees uh, so they understand what we mean by ESG and sustainability and, and, and really um, what's the difference between scope one, two, and three emissions? What do we, where, where does, do our emissions come from? You know, uh, if they understand that, oh, wow, travel represents a large portion of our company's emission, well, let's be part of the solution to decrease, to reduce those emissions together. And you know what? Uh, employees, they have great, great ideas. And uh, having them part of the process really makes a big difference in what we can accomplish as a business. Uh, so that's a bit what we're doing at the company level on our end. And of course, we are measuring our emissions in order to be able to do that. Uh, and uh, and so, uh, so, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, I agree on the uh, measuring emissions part. I actually just got our uh, 2022 uh, greenhouse uh, gas emissions inventory report. And I think, you know, we, we should all be leading that, um, especially from this side of the equation, is that um, if you're measuring or if you're a tech company providing uh, uh, solutions, I think it's important to show your commitment uh, to you know, measuring uh, greenhouse emissions, um, and I, if you if you're not doing it, I encourage that you should you should do it. I, I know, being a multinational supporter of Ed Net Zero, you know they're requiring uh, folks that are supporting to to be in that position, um, and I think it's just part of the leadership role here that we have to um, to help move the industry into what I really think is the important part is the standards and. Uh, and practices and measurement. You know, we, we, we look at this as like the early days of viewability when we would create solutions, but we couldn't grade our own homework. And then Moat and IAS double verify became, you know, bona fide, uh, 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 uh measurement companies. And I think that when Garn comes out with the standards, uh, you'll see, um, a lot more folks being comfortable as to how this all works for everybody. Why does this? Why is the um, the entire uh, eco conscious uh, ad tech um, push more popular in Europe than in here? Is there a specific reason that Americans seem to be more just not interested? I think some of it is culture, and some of it is legislation. Um, you know, there's been more uh, aggressive, you know, legislation or advanced legislation overseas than than you know in the U.S. around. Um, you know, carbon measurement or accountability. And I, you know, I think it's, you know, U.S. is catching up, but I think it's just been um, more time and, and, and more, um, uh, you know, requirements um, around to put on, you know, companies that it's more top of mind or, or higher priority. Is legislation the key for this to take off? I think it's is one of them. I mean, I think, I'm just on Mark here. I mean, I think it, it, it helps a lot. I mean, European Union, uh, has had Europe level legislation in place for like about 20 years or, or more, right? I remember being like a still like consultant or big consulting firm in Europe, like working on, um, legi I mean, com uh, environmental compliance at the end of the 2000s, right? So that's something we were already working with like different chemical industries in Germany or even like power plants and stuff. So that was something that you had to, to 
to start working. So those companies had started working on being compliant, reducing their, their emissions and being more transparent. And I think my opinion, and it's like very something open to discussion is it created a culture of traceability on the product. Today, who in the US, which consumers is looking at the ingredients in the product you buy? A few of us, right? A few of us, but not that many, right? And I, probably because you don't, we prefer, you, you prefer not to know what's in it, right? Maybe that's a reason why. I'm a bit, a bit sarcastic here. But in, in, the, in, 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 by those regulations at the end of 2000, that's something which came up way more in, in, in France or in Spain or in Portugal, Germany, et cetera, because you say, hey, that product contains, uh, palm oil. So it's not a good product. People don't know why, but it's just they have seen it everywhere in their magazines and on TV and everything. And, and even sometimes it, it has to be advertised on the sticker of the product you buy. Here it, it does not exist, right? So this is, this is also something that culturally came. Um, and it's coming right now in the US to have like that traceability in the product, that the visibility of the traceability. That's one of my, my, my perception, my own experience, right? What's the yardstick of success? How do we know these, if a company is successful in becoming eco-conscious? How do we, how do we measure success? So you mean like our media companies or our clients? In, in general, I mean, so what is the standard of successful, truly eco-conscious campaign? So if we, if we talk about a campaign specifically, it's a, at first it's a, it's a complex question, uh, question because I don't think there is one simple, uh, answer, uh, to that. It's, you need to, uh, I think you need to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to distinguish the different elements from your campaigns. If we talk simply on really focus on the sustainability aspect of the campaign and ask yourself, did you do everything you, you could do to reduce emissions, uh, from, of the, on that campaign, you know, first. Uh, and, uh, so look at the supply path as we discussed. Look, look at your creative process. Uh, do you have the right creative process in place that allows to minimize emissions on the creative side? Uh, do you have the right optimization during the campaign that allows to not only target inventory because it's a low emission inventory, but continuing during the, the campaign delivery to reduce, uh, those emissions and, and, and really, and, and test and see, are you able to maintain the same level of performance while reducing emissions? Uh, but I think the key focus should remain on a uh, reduction effort. And you'll see sometimes you're able to reduce drastically emissions, but you're also reducing performance then. So once again, finding the right balance and uh, making progress campaign after campaign is uh, what I would uh, suggest. You know, Martin, Martin Bryan, who's the head of global, the global uh, sustainability head at IPG, I, I love stealing his line. It's uh, to me, the success would be purpose and profit. So that you, you do reduce your carbon while you're meeting your, uh, your marketing goals or, uh, uh, I, I think, you know, those two words really, really, really say it all. Is that the key message to give to potential, um, your potential clients or our advertisers is that there is a profit in sustainability? Is that something that has to be, um, talked about continually? I, I don't think there needs to be a cost to it. You know, um, we, we focus on developing a, a publisher centric product that can be offered to, uh, 
to to buyers um, for for a number of reasons. Our core core technology has been on five hundred publishers globally, you know, for you know the five years that we've been in business. Um, but the, the 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 supply path issue for or the SITXT issue for for publishers is. Um, uh, made them angry, you know. Just because I have too many lines of as.txt doesn't mean I'm a bad actor. I may optimize. I may go down to two or three or five, you know, certain times of the day. Um, you know, so a, a lot of the publishers have been thinking that I don't want to reduce my as.txt because I want the bid pressure. Um, but I think you know that that solutions like we have, and I'm sure there'll be others, um, can help publishers figure out how they can actually reduce their carbon um and and be profitable so um i think that's the the key i mean there's there's so many variables here and so many different players but um i think that's how publishers are looking at it um a year from now we come back to do this this again what do you think the changes would be made in a year do you think consumers will get on board anyone consumers are, are already are already on board mm -hmm. We mentioned earlier, like 85% think that's the number we, we said earlier, right? Of co consumers under 35 years old are looking for brands to be sustainable. Yep. So actually the question we have actually for many of our clients is how we reach those customers to show that our products are sustainable. And actually we have also like helping like driving campaigns on more sustainable products in our client portfolio. And there is a shift progressively shift, right? And that changed a bit our industry because we not only, we are not media buyers and pushing, you know, commercial like to different channels, we are also advisors. So consumers are on board, employees are on board as well. Employees want especially younger talent, that the one normally you are chasing, right? Um, is looking for purpose-driven organizations. I'm pretty sure Brian received like ton of resumes more than us, right? Being a younger company. So that's, that's a big, big deal as well, right? So between consumers, between, uh, em employees, but also investors, right? Investors have to report, um, have to report, I mean, to Wall Street, uh, I mean, or they have, or they have to consume, let's say ESG reports. So you have the money, you have the employees, you have the clients. So you, you did just, there's just a movement that you can stop and it goes like all together. So definitely in a year from now, my opinion, things will have changed dra drastically and it's probably nothing compared to the year after and the year after and the year after. It's just a movement, my opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I think if, if you uh, add the measurement part, you know, that's coming, I think that's going to push things forward uh, tremendously. Yeah, I think the... Uh... We're still lacking some uh, industry standards when it comes to uh, to measurement. We, we're in an industry where we like, and it's really important to have some some kind of industry standards. And uh, so, so not every companies are doing their own things, and uh, and and so to avoid having like many many different ways of measuring, for example. And uh, and a year from now, I hope uh, will uh, the industry will have made a. Uh, drastic progress in uh, setting up some standards so the industry can really follow that and make more, even more progress uh, at reducing emissions. Okay, before we go, if you could send yourself a text message to 2004, 
What would you tell yourself? Start with Shiv. When you back. Party more? <laughs> and that and that and that's related to sustainability how? Uh, I mean you just you broadly asked the question, so I just you know, that's what I would text myself to the two thousand four version of me. Uh uh Yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> Brian. Uh, sell Yahoo stock right after Microsoft makes the $33 a share offer. Don't wait till it goes to seven. Yeah, I, I, I tell this all the time in 2000, uh, you know, in 1995, when Bill Gates' book came out, I told myself I should have bought stock. And of course, now it's split like six times since then, so I should have bought stock then too. David, what would you tell yourself? I, I mean, Brian beat me too, and I was going to say just buy Apple and Amazon or you know, something <laughs> along those lines back then. Um, Tell myself, uh, I don't know, maybe invent an automatic way to buy advertising at scale across thousands of sites and turn it into a whole ecosystem <laughs> that can critique for the next 20 years. But Isn't that's, that what, that's what Brian did. Brian did it's called Right Media. I remember this. He, he, he emailed himself. You know, I text were around. He sent it to me by accident. I got this weird message from the future from some dude named David. And I'm like, huh, great idea, future David. So thank you. <laughs> If only they delivered that book that says all the sports scores for the last 50 years that you could bet on and uh, fly back in time. I'll take the ad tech tip, yeah. actually. I think it worked out fine. If I bring back the, the answer, and I'm the boring one, uh, bringing back the answer uh, related to uh, to sustainability, I would say uh, start raising awareness way way earlier. Uh, that's, uh, that's what I would probably do. We will not be in the same position today. So I'm not yeah, I think Ben uh, stole stole my ideas, and it's it's really. I think it's more about start working on it now, because you can make an impact, right? And it's it can be small things, it can be big things, and yeah, don't don't believe you can do anything for 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 this to prevent global warming and and to make the world a better place to live in general. Hey. Yeah, I I would have uh, told myself to go green earlier because my kids now think I'm cool. Jobs in AdTech. Are you looking for a new role in the industry? Head over to jobsinadtech.com today. Employers attract top talent for as little as £50 per open job role. And that's all, folks. Thank you for listening. And please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform or YouTube.